and welcome to SouthPod. I'm Ruth from your communications team and this is the latest episode in our series on vaccine safety. Today we're going to focus on premature babies and premature babies uh, vaccinations and delighted to be joined again today by Dr Shilpa Shah, our consultant paediatrician and also Colin Darby who is an advanced neonatal nurse practitioner and in fact former UK neonatal nurse of the year. You're both very welcome. Thank you. Both of you are leading figures in a local pre-vaccine movement. Can you explain what this is and why you believe it's so important, especially for premature babies? Thank you, Ruth, for having us. Um, so our pro-vac movement is a movement that we have not specifically for premature babies itself, but just generally about having positive conversations on vaccine safety and we have a number of um, activities which include educational activities. Um, your question about the importance of vaccine for premature babies is an absolutely very valid one and certainly something that comes up often for us. The reason for vaccination is absolutely known and universal and it's important for everyone, uh, but it's certainly very important for the more vulnerable population. And who can be more vulnerable than a premature baby? They are not only small in size, they're also quite immature in their overall systems. And the protection that they require from, from these vaccine preventable diseases is undoubtable. It is absolutely crucial that premature babies get their vaccines on time. And so how many babies are born in the Southern Trust each year and of those how many are premature? So in Craigavon Hospital itself there are about four to five thousand deliveries a year and in terms of numbers of premature babies I would say most premature babies would be admitted to our neonatal unit anyway um, and we have about 365 admissions a year roughly so you know I can only extrapolate from that data that there's one preterm baby a day. <laughs> now, maybe not absolutely right about that figure, but that's just the extrapolated data from our observation. And Colm, if I, if I come to you then, um, do these babies then have to wait until they, until they reach their full-term age before they can receive their vaccinations? It's a good question, Ruth. And what we would advise is that actually we don't wait until their due date or they're corrected, is that we give it in the chronological age of eight weeks from the birth to the okay. schedule that is recommended for all children. And the reason why we do that is not only does it avoid missing vaccinations, but actually these preterm babies need the coverage of the protection for these preventable diseases at the eight weeks so that they can get home. So it's important that if, say, a baby, for example, is born at 28 weeks gestation, they're extremely preterm at that stage and they're due their vaccines when they're 36 weeks. Now, we wouldn't then recommend that we wait till their due date. What we're saying is that four weeks gives them an opportunity then that they could come into contact with some of these diseases that we want to prevent them from being affected by. So it's important that at the eight weeks, they get their first childhood vaccines. And remind us, Calm, what vaccinations do babies get in those very early weeks and months? Um, and I remember when my own two were babies, I wondered, why do they get them all together? Is that a risk in itself to give such an amount of vaccinations all at the same time? 
Yeah, so the first um, vaccines that, that a child receives at two months of age, so they're eight weeks of, um, of age, is the six in one. So in that first one injection, they kind of group the, the immunizations all together into one injection. So that's covering you for your diphtheria, your tetanus, your pertussis, which we commonly call whooping cough, polio, and then it's going to be your hep and hepatitis B. So that's your six in one. And then we also give the rotavirus, which is for the gut protection, and meningococcal group B. So they're what the babies receive. Now we don't want to give all those in single injections. We want to give as many as as least injections as we can. So we group the first ones in a six and one, and then the men goes is the second one. So it's two injections, and then the rotavirus is an oral vaccine. And Colin, when you're speaking to parents, especially parents of premature babies, do you find that they're maybe more anxious about getting vaccinations because the baby is premature? And what do you say then to reassure them? So we have the luxury of being able to look after those children in the neonatal unit for all that length of time. And we build up really good support network for those parents that they have trust in us and they can ask the questions that maybe they feel a bit anxious about. You know, there is a bit of hesitancy with some parents to ask questions because we've been looking after them so well and they don't want to give us any indication that they are judging our actions, but actually it's okay for parents to ask questions. We'll provide the answers and give them the reassurance. Now, when we talk to parents about the vaccines and we, we reiterate the importance of preventing diseases and preventing the children from being affected and having their first vaccine in hospital if they're extremely preterm before going home. And the reason for that is if you are born before 28 weeks gestation, you know, you're still technically a preterm baby at that eight week vaccine. Um, schedule. So we do additional checks to reassure the parents that we're looking out for potential some side effects to the vaccines. And what that can mean is that the babies have side effects to the injections, the discomfort of the injections that can cause them to go off their feeds. They might not feed very well. They might be a little bit more drowsy. So we place the babies on monitoring for 48 hours to observe the babies, give the parents reassurance that we're looking after their baby. And then if the babies are doing well, then we give the parents the assurance that actually as they're now getting older for their next set at the 12 um, weeks, they're going to be term babies and they're going to be able to cope and they don't need to have that second set of vaccines in the hospital. They can have that in the GP surgery. Colm, are there any other ways that mums can help protect their babies? Yes, there are. One great way for a mother to protect her baby is by breastfeeding or choosing to give her baby her breast milk you know we know that breast milk has so many benefits and one of the best benefits is the immunological benefit that it gives it allows the mother to pass over immunity to her baby through a passive immunity approach now ultimately we would like that baby to have an active immunity where the baby's immune system then takes on board through the vaccinations the memory of what the disease is so that they when if they come into contact with, with this disease when they're older, their body remembers it and then activates the killer cells, which will is the defense that the body will have through the immunization. We would recommend breastfeeding for all babies, especially for our preterm babies. And we would never say to not vaccinate if you're breastfeeding, because breastfeeding actually is just topping up the protection that those babies have with the routine childhood vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And Shilpa, if, if I come back, back to you, 
Are there any risks for a baby who doesn't receive the vaccination? So obviously the entire immunization program or the vaccination schedule is designed to provide the best protection to the most vulnerable population as early as possible. So if you think about it, any delay to the most vulnerable population, which is a premature baby, would actually be to their detriment. So absolutely, there is a real need to remember that these are vulnerable babies and that immunizations and vaccination is one of the best protection we have. So don't delay the vaccines. And it is important that message goes out to families and the assurance that they are safe and they can be given together. And is, is there any situation, Shilpa, where you would not recommend that babies are vaccinated? So, of course, if a baby is unwell, has a fever or is being treated for an infection, it's probably not a good time to get the vaccine. But that is a calculated point of delay that has been embedded due to an existing condition. However, once the baby has recovered, is not got a fever, then they should get their vaccines. The other situation where the one of the vaccines, which is the oral rotavirus vaccine, um, would be omitted would be if a premature baby has recovered from a condition called necrotizing enterocolitis, which predominantly affects the bowel. So in those situations, we would omit the rotavirus vaccine, but that's the only one that we would omit. Um, but we'd go ahead and give the, the other ones, yeah. Okay, thank you both very much. That's that's hugely reassuring. Um, I think it is very important for all of us to remember that millions of deaths have been prevented thanks to immunisation every year. And so for new babies, even premature babies, um, vaccination really is the best protection against these preventable diseases. So thank you both so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.